After 18 years of being a therapist, I have made a decision to close my practice. That is a humongous decision. As of about six weeks ago, I made that decision. And I am, as of the time of this recording, I have one more week of seeing clients. And then I'm done. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, how to handle major life changes. With your spouse. With your spouse. Yes. That's, that's the one. Okay. How to handle major life changes with your spouse. Why you... Grunting your eyes at me. Your spouse adds a weird that doesn't make sense to me, but that's all right. It makes sense. Everyone will know what we're talking about. Okay. So you want me to do it again? Nope. We're good. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you have a look on your face. I'm not sure I want to know what this episode's going to be about. This is, I think we need to do this episode. And again, if we don't like it, we'll throw it away. Okay. Which is the joy of editing and (laughs) podcasting. You can, you can try something and yep. You just okay. never have to post it. All right. You have me very nervous. It's been a while. No, no, no. The minute I say it, your eyes are going to light up, you're going to be all excited to talk about this. Okay. I trust you. I promise. Sort of. <laughs> After 18 years of being a therapist. Oh, you're right. You know me so well. <laughs> you got those squinty little happy <laughs> eyes now. Okay. Yeah. After 18 years of being a therapist. I have made a decision to close my practice. Yes. Yes, you have. That is not a little decision. No. That is not a medium decision. That is a humongous decision. Yes. And it's a decision that I've been wrestling with for the last two years. Yes. It has been a decision that I have gone back and forth on. Yeah. It's a decision that I knew was going to come. It's not a matter of... If I leave counseling, it is when When, I leave counseling. But even that question has been a huge question. Yeah. And has not been easy to answer. And as of about six weeks ago, I made that decision. Yeah, you did. And I am, as of the time of this recording, I have one more week of seeing clients. And then I'm done. Yeah. And this, we close I'm, the door. I'm thinking this episode will probably come out on your last day of work. It very well might. After 18 years of a specific identity, as something that I'm yeah. incredibly proud of. Yeah. After devoting two master's degrees and many thousands of dollars and many, 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 many hours, hours of helping people. Being able to just walk away from that or to close my practice um, has not come lightly. No. And the reason I'm bringing it up on a podcast here is because I don't think we're the only couple out there who is faced with making a very difficult, life-altering change decision in their life. Yeah. And it comes with feelings and emotions and conversations and oh, sure. back and forth. And it doesn't just affect me. It affects you and me. Yes. Right? It really does. Yeah. 
And so I'm curious, what are some of your feelings on this decision that I've made? That, again, I keep saying I've made, that we have have made. made. This is not a decision that I have made at all. No, it isn't. But part of me feels like, and this is my lovey-dovey part and my absolute 100% support for you Mm -hmm. in whatever you want to do. So there's a part of me that when you say a decision that I've made, meaning you, I feel like that you have made that decision and I'm 100% for you. I don't know if that's the wording I want to use, but you know what I mean. You get it. Yes. We have spent many, many hours talking about it and you have gone through seasons where you've just been exhausted and want to do something different and because your job takes an emotional toll and a physical toll when you sit in stuff like that for years. And I have always told you, if you want to do something else, do it. I have never, ever once told you, don't look for something different because I want you to be happy. I want you to feel healthy. I want you to do something that you love and that you are enjoying. That's actually what I put in my letter is, even though I love doing counseling and love being a therapist, there's other things I like as well. Yes. And I can't do all of them at the same time. I actually have to make a decision to say, I'm going to close the door on one thing so I can go do something else that I really enjoy and brings me fulfillment and happiness as a person. Right. But even as you're talking here, I have to admit that I actually have some emotions. I have some feelings here because with my current clients, there are some that I have walked with for years. Right. 10 years, seven years, 12 years, right. three years, five years. And as a therapist, and this might give people a little behind the scenes look into the mind and the thinking of a therapist. I care about these people. Sure. I genuinely love these people. And want the best for them. And I am honored. I am privileged. I am humbled that they would give me permission to speak into their lives, that they invite me into these incredibly vulnerable and intimate places in their story and allow me to offer counsel, to offer guidance through that. That's not an experience that I take lightly. Right. And there is no good time for a therapist to walk away from their job. No. Because It isn't like, oh, all 30 of my clients, their lives have all lined up and they're all doing great now and now's a good time to leave. Right. All of them are in different stages of their journey and some of them are in incredibly difficult places in their story and some of them are doing okay. And I have to still say goodbye at some point. That's actually been the reason why I have probably waited or delayed in making this decision because I'm looking at my clients going, now's not a good time for me to leave. It will be detrimental to them. Right. And I don't want to hurt them in that way. Yeah. And it is painful to not be able to see the rest of the story. Yeah. I mean, I've walked with these folks through all sorts of difficult times. Sure. And I want to see how it turns out. I want the happily ever after. I want the conquering scene. I always use the example of Frodo and Sam climbing up the mountain of Mordor. And, and I can't go any further, Sam. And he's, you know, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you, yep. Mr. Frodo. Yep. And he puts him on his shoulder. I want to see that scene. I want to see this climactic. They overcome their struggles in their life right. and they become conquering heroes of their own story. Yeah. But I don't get to see that in some of these stories now. And that's okay. This isn't about me. This isn't about my feelings and, you know, what I get out of therapy. But as a therapist, I'm invested. Right. And you want the best for them. I absolutely want the best for them. 
And I know I'm incredibly confident that I'm not the only good therapist out there. Right. I know that there are an abundance of good therapists who have their own styles. They're going to be different than mine. They're going to have different approaches and a different feel than I am. But I still care about these folks and I still want the best for them in whatever way that looks like. So that's one of the reasons why it's been so hard to actually pull the trigger and to make this decision in some way. Sure. But now that I've made it and now that I have told all my clients and now that this isn't a secret anymore and now this is actually a plan that's being put into place. Right. I've already said goodbye to a large majority of my clients already. We've had our last session. I've got just a handful of clients next week that I'm going to say goodbye to and it'll be our last session there. There is a sense of peace. I was going to bring that up. One of the things that you told me, even when, even prior to being able to say goodbye and put that plan into place, once you made the decision, like, I think that this is the date that I need to be done. And you usually, once you make a decision, you usually sleep on it. You give yourself at least 24 to 48 hours to really kind of make sure that you're not making a rash decision or there's nothing. And after that little period of time, you came back to me and said, you know, this is a hard decision, but I have a peace that passes understanding. And that only comes from God. And we talk about that not everybody may have the same value system or belief system that we do. But that is huge because you've tried to make decisions before about when we want to quit or what we want to do. And your verbal was congruent with what was going on on the inside. And I saw that and I felt that. And I was like, yes, this is the right decision. It is so completely obvious to me that this is the right decision. It's hard. It's scary because you're our sole income right now. My little travel agent business, well, the first two years that I started it, (laughs) the world was shut down. So it's starting to pick up, but by no means is it going to provide pay for our rent or things like that. So there's that scary piece to it, but I'm not scared. No, that actually, we have to talk about that. This is the other reason why I wanted to do this episode is because I have learned early on in our relationship that I have a secret weapon when it comes to making decisions. And that is your gut, your creepy sixth sense, this little kind of magical power that you have that if I'm going to be making a decision or doing something and I come to you and say, Hey honey, what do you think? If your reaction is, Ooh, that doesn't sit right. Or there's something about that that just doesn't feel like that's right. You still can't tell me usually why you can't give me a diagnostic. Here's exactly why that's a bad decision. Right. But your spidey senses go off and you're going, that doesn't feel good. The minute you say, I don't think that's a good idea. It's a done deal for me. I don't debate it. I don't push it. I have learned to trust that implicitly because it has been proven to be right 100% of the time, I think (laughs) it is. And every time I've ignored it early on in our marriage, it's come back to bite me in the butt in some way. Right. And I want to always make sure that you understand that we are a we. I'm not a me by myself anymore. And that I actually get the benefit of having two brains, one brain in two different places. Sure. And I appreciate, I trust, I value, I crave your input on things like this. Yeah. Because because we go through life together now. And 
you see things that I miss and you perceive things that I'm not aware of. Well, it's interesting because if my response to something is out of selfishness or fear or that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. I usually have, here's the reasons why. Yeah. When it's, when something just doesn't feel right, you're very right on that. I have the sense that, "Mm, no, but I don't, I can't tell you why. There's just this, I think part of that goes back to our faith system too. I think the Holy Spirit puts in us these little things that, and I may not ever know the exact reason why, and it may come down the road later that we see the reasons why. And I'm like, Okay, that makes perfect yeah. sense now. Yeah. So, but I really appreciate that you take seriously my thoughts and feelings yeah. on the big things. I mean, you yeah. do it on the little things too, but I often see and hear in marriages where that is not the case. Where a spouse is actually seen as a hindrance. Right. You keep me from what I want. You're keeping me from being happy. You're always the Debbie Downer or the person who tells me no. And now, this becomes a big decision becomes an opportunity for conflict to see your spouse as an enemy. Right. Or it's the spouse that's like, nope, I make the decisions. I earn the money. So you don't have a say in this. You do what I tell you to do. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't work out well. No, no, no. Yeah. This is the level of excitement I have is just amazing. I am tickled. I am happy. The other thing I'm trying to just tell all my clients and everyone else who listens to this, who actually might be thinking about working with a therapist is I made this decision as a way of modeling healthy self-care. If your therapist can't actually model and practice healthy self-care, you probably shouldn't be seeing that therapist. (laughs) Right. And even though it's a hard decision that I know is going to disappoint and be difficult for some of my clients, that's also a skill set that I want them to learn how to do and practice is right. learning how to be okay with disappointing other people when it's still something that is morally and ethically appropriate to do. Right. And again, I try to communicate my decision in respectful, kind, appropriate ways, even though I know it's still going to be hard or difficult for some of my clients to hear right. that decision. And again, all my clients already know it's just a lot. I'm going to see them for the last time next week. So right. I've already delivered that news. And I'm giving people a chance to process that news with me in our sessions. It's like, tell me how this is sitting with you. Tell me why this is so difficult. Tell me what this is all about. I want to hear why my decision that's difficult for them, uh, how that sits with them. That's a an appropriate thing to do, both as a therapist with a client, but also as a husband to a wife yeah. or a wife to a husband or a human being to another human being. When we can empathetically sit with them and yeah. hear why they're disappointed in us. That's a powerful, powerful gift to give somebody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So some people are probably going, well, what are you going to be doing, Paul? Yeah. <clears throat> What's the next thing? Yeah. I've already been doing this um, a little bit over the last couple of years, and I'm going to go full bore into it now, which is I absolutely love working with leaders, company owners, business leaders, CEOs, managers. I absolutely love helping people who are influential at the top of an organization who have who have impact on a large number of people, helping them become the healthy, healthiest versions of themselves. When they start to become self-aware and they understand their leadership voice, their leadership style, both the good and the bad of that, and when they start to say, 
I, I know that I'm not getting the best out of my team because there's some stuff within me and the kind of the culture that I'm creating out of this. I need someone to kind of point out or reflect back to me how I can become a better leader. Yeah. That's when they give me a call and I am just tickled. I, I totally geek out on watching these individuals, men and women, influential people become even more influential because they start to lead from empathy instead of ego. When they start to understand the needs of the people that they are serving, when they are more focused on making sure everyone else succeeds along with them rather than just focusing on their own success. success. Yeah. And then when that gets trickled down into the rest of the team and I get to work with everyone in the company and take them through these established kind of uh, programs and, and systems that are in place that help them learn how to communicate better. They have common language around all this. They get on the same page. They get a shared vision and a shared purpose. And the entire culture starts to turn around and change. And I get to, again, facilitate that. I get to be the guide and take people through that discovery purpose, that learning purpose. Yeah. Why wouldn't I want to go do that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. If, if you guys could see his face right now, <laughs> it is so lit up. Like if you don't hear it in his voice, oh. that, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Then you must not be hearing good because yeah. his face is so lit up. Yeah. And the excitement that he's feeling about this has been palpable yeah. in the house the last week or so. Yeah. I want to be an influential person. No, I don't want to be an influencer, you know, like an Instagram influencer or whatever <laughs> that is. That, that word's kind of gotten tweaked in some way, but I want to make a difference. Yeah. That's why you and I do this podcast is because I want to help other people and keep myself accountable to being influential in a positive way towards you and the kids. Right, exactly. I don't want to be passive. I don't want to be accidental. And leaders who are accidental leaders who don't understand themselves aren't reaching their full potential, aren't being the best leaders possible. And particularly the ones that don't understand how they're affecting their team. Exactly, exactly. And so as a counselor, there were certain limitations that I could and couldn't do because there are just rules around therapeutic relationships and all those things which are healthy and appropriate and, and good to keep my clientele safe and everyone else who sees a counselor. All those rules are really good and in place. But as a coach, as an executive coach, as an advisor is actually the word I'm using, a leadership advisor, I have a little bit more freedom to interact in ways that aren't therapeutic in nature. I'm not diagnosing yeah. mental illnesses you're, anymore. You're moving out of the therapeutic realm. Yep. And I'm moving into a coaching, which is here are specific skills that I can teach you. These are actually ways to improve your life rather than just helping you understand your life. Yes. And it still uses the same skill set I already have, helping people become self-aware, understanding their stories, understanding their history, understanding why they do what they do. I get to help connect all those dots and then give them unbelievably powerful tools that yeah. make them even more influential and more impactful on the people they care about, their employees, their staff, right. this entire culture at a company. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing that with a couple other guys um, who are going to come alongside me and we're together, the three of us are going to try to basically change every business in the Pacific Northwest. That's our yeah. goal. It's just a little thing just like a that. Little one. Because if we could get healthy businesses in this region, in this area, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. I mean, that'd be amazing. It would. So I didn't expect this to be a commercial. So don't hear this as a commercial <laughs> at all, please. But if you are part of an organization or a team and you're going, hey, 
that actually some of that sounds good. Our team isn't functioning as good as we want it to be. We recognize there are some issues. COVID has changed a lot of the yeah, way people work now. It really has. And organizations are still kind of struggling with how to make that change organizationally. And you would like to talk you absolutely can reach out to me. Still same email, paul at securemarriage.com because that's the context of this podcast, Secure Marriage. But I would be glad to, you know, sit down and hear what kind of isn't working for you and help you get clear on kind of why it's not working and what it's costing you and what it would look like to have a better team, to have a better organization, to have a better leadership style. If that just goes like, oh man, that sounds good. That would be really helpful. That is what I'm doing now. And I'm available to come in and be a consultant and create that system, that structure to help you achieve even more. Yeah. And And I'm just happy. Yeah. I'm excited. I am so excited to see how this all plays out. Yeah. And by the way, it doesn't have to be in the Pacific Northwest. With the advent of, again, new technology, I'm actually able to help anybody do this. So if you happen to live, you on know, the East Coast, on the East Coast or Australia or something else like that, oh, um, I listen, didn't even think that there far are up. still some options around some of that. It's just, again, the world we live in now, you don't have to be down the street to be yeah. able to help people now. Yep. So here's how I'm going to just wrap all of this up. Okay. And, and fit it into our secure marriage podcast. Connect the dots. Connect the dots. When people become healthy in their business. Yep. When they go home, yeah, they're different people then, yeah. and so marriages Ooh, benefit from that as well. Good connection, yeah, that's absolutely true. The weight of my job when I'm, I'm just walking upstairs and it's been heavy, it now affects how I treat you. Right, being able to get into a different job where I'll have different energy, it's still gonna have its own set of right. burdens well, and trouble. And, and I wasn't necessarily thinking about you in that matter but i'm thinking oh. as you go into businesses and you help build better businesses oh, and better oh, teams oh, when oh. those people go home from work they're going to be different people when they go home to their spouses or wherever they're going home to and that's how i now was that that's how i was you're um, absolutely correct so here's how i'll sum up your sum up okay okay because you sometimes you can sum things better than i can <laughs> um there are very few business skills that actually help us become better human beings. Knowing a P&L statement, knowing market trends within your industry, knowing how to systematize something, that doesn't typically translate really great into helping you know your kids or your wife or your family in some way. Right. But every time you learn a better personal skill, it always helps your business. Learning better communication will help your business. Learning good conflict resolution will help your business. Becoming more self-aware as to why you do what you do will always help your business. So the healthier human being you become, you get a twofer. You get to both improve your personal life and your marriage, improve your business and the bottom line of your company. But also, if you have a healthy work environment, you're right. You don't bring home that weight and you go home and have a better relationship with your wife and kids. Yeah. So... There's, there's so hire me, hire me <laughs> to save your marriage by saving your company. Is that what we're saying? That's what we're saying. That's what we should do. All right. And let's call that a wrap. Yeah. Anyway, we want our listeners to know about this because 
therapy, as a therapist, that's been a large context for all these conversations. And this is a change in our life that's happening in real time right. here in 2022. Um, and for anyone who listens to this, again, we are real people who are trying to figure out our real marriage in real circumstances in a really weird world at the moment. Yeah. And we want you to know that you're not alone as you try to make these big decisions. Yeah. I've Again, I've, I know a lot of people who have had to make major job decisions or location decisions or... Uh, just major life decisions. So you're not alone in this. Yep. Shannon and I, my honey that I'm looking at right now, and I want you to know you're not alone and we are happy to walk through this with you. Yep. So anyway, thank you everyone for listening to this. We appreciate you all. Yeah. We appreciate your kind words that you send to us sometimes. We appreciate the questions that you send to us. I appreciate you most of all, Scarecrow. Okay. And there's no place like home. There's no place like home. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.